In our busy world, family time frequently gets neglected. It is vital that we give attention to our families while we can, and it is especially important to give attention to what God says in His Word about our homes. For the next few minutes, let's join Scott Pauley as we open the Scriptures and find God's message for your family. Our God is a miracle-working God. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not afraid to say it. I still believe that our God is able to do anything He desires to do, any way He wants to do it, anywhere He is allowed to work. And so, without any doubt or hesitancy, I can say to you today, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Now, we know, of course, that throughout Scripture, there were certain times when the Lord demonstrated that miracle power in unique and unusual ways. Almost without exception, it was at some critical juncture in Israel's history where he was revealing himself and he was validating his message. And one of those eras was, of course, when our Lord Jesus Christ walked the earth. You remember during his three-and-a-half-year earthly ministry, uh, repeatedly our Lord was performing miracles, the ultimate of which was his own personal resurrection from the dead. He came out of the grave. That, friends, is a miracle-working God. But recently, I've been just meditating on the fact that so many of these miracles took place in the context of home, of family, which I find very interesting. For example, he healed the nobleman's son. Do you remember that? Uh, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. He raised a widow's son. He healed Jairus's daughter. He healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. He healed that demon-possessed boy whose father was so desperate he didn't know what to do. Uh, he raised Lazarus from the dead. You remember Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, and their mourning and their grieving, and then how the Lord Jesus stepped into that situation. And in fact, if you look at all the miracles of Jesus, in some way they affected some family because everybody is someone's son, someone's daughter, someone's brother or sister, someone's mother or father. Uh, you think about the demon-possessed man uh, that our Lord met in the graveyard and he delivered him, set him free. Don't you know that man went home different? Uh, don't you know that his wife and his children were forever changed because of how the Lord Jesus had touched that man's life? And so today, I want to point out to every listener that our God is able to do his miracle work in your family. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what desperate situation is staring you in the face. I will say this, that the greatest miracles are not the miracles that touch the, the physical and the material and the temporal. Uh, they are the miracles that change the spiritual and the eternal. The greatest miracle Christ ever performs is the saving of a soul. And so perhaps it's a, a lost child, a wayward family member, a prodigal. I don't know uh, who I'm talking to, and I don't know what it is you're dealing with, but I want to tell you today on the authority of the Word of God that our God is able. And to prove it, I want to take you to Christ's first miracle. Would you open your Bible today to John chapter number 2? Because John 2 really picks up right where we left off. We've been talking about the 
the silent years of our Lord Jesus Christ and his relationship with Mary in the home. And when you come to John chapter 2, Jesus and Mary have a most interesting exchange, a conversation, and the very first miracle grows out of it. John 2 verse 1 says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now there's a lot of truth packed in this passage. May I just say parenthetically before we go into it much further, uh, that it's my conviction that our Lord Jesus did not turn water into an alcoholic beverage. When people read wine, immediately their mind goes to what we think of wine today. But you have to be familiar with the ancient custom and the Eastern world and the fact that wine was the fruit of the vine and could refer both to that which was fermented but also and very frequently to that which was not fermented. And I believe our God is a consistent God. I don't believe the God who said that wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Uh, would then turn around and make wine and give it to all these people at a wedding. So uh, that's a subject perhaps for another series. But I want to say to you, our Lord is performing a miracle at a marriage, at a wedding celebration. And this is what is so important to to remember. He was sanctifying uh, this this event by his presence. In fact, sometimes we even say that uh, when we are at weddings, ministers will say, Our Lord performed his first miracle at the marriage in Cana of Galilee and uh, hallowed the institution of marriage. Well, actually, he hallowed the institution of marriage way back in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, you see, our Lord was the one who instituted marriage to start with. But it is significant that his first miracle takes place at a marriage. And, of course, you know the story. Uh, they have no wine. And the Lord tells them to fill the water pots with water. And when they start drawing out, it's not water any longer. Now it is the most wonderful fruit of the vine they've ever tasted. In fact, uh, the Bible says in verse number 9, When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. I love that. Oh, friends, Jesus always saves the best for last. Yes, he does. Sin gives you its best up front, and it's all downhill from there. The world is deteriorating, but our Lord is saving the best for last for his people. And then we read this verse, John chapter 2, verse number 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Now, the law first mentioned, the first miracle, this beginning of miracles, tells us several things. It tells us, basically, that his purpose in the miracles was not simply to perform miracles. It was to reveal his own glory, and it was so people would believe on him. Now, let's put this in the context of family and your situation today. In fact, consider all the miracles that Jesus did and the way they touched families and the way they impacted homes. Uh, may I give you two or three applications today? First of all, I want to say to you that our Lord wants to work in families. It's beautiful to see how the Lord Jesus can step into the most desperate, dire situations. I don't know what kind of mess you find yourself in today. I don't know what circumstance 
uh, you are enduring. But I know this, our Lord Jesus is with you if you're a believer because he promised he would never leave you and never forsake you. If you're not a believer, I say to you today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Put your faith in Christ and recognize the presence of Christ in your heart and in your home. And when the Lord Jesus is there, you have access to all of God's riches in Christ Jesus. All of the resources of heaven are at the disposal of the person who knows Christ as as his Savior. And so the first principle is that Jesus wants to be present. He was present at the marriage in Cana of Galilee. Is he present in your home today? Have you acknowledged his presence? And then, not only does the Lord Jesus want to be there, his power is enough for whatever your need is. I don't know what your need is. The Bible says these people had come to nothing. Very often, that's what the Lord brings us to, nothing. He brings us to nothing, not to leave us there. He brings us to nothing to bring us to everything. He brings us to the end of ourselves to bring us to the beginning of his resources. So, Today, if you are desperate, if you're like the psalmist at wit's end, you're throwing your hands up, recognize that perhaps heaven is applauding now and saying, good, God's been trying to get you there all along. Jesus is present in your home. God's power is more than enough, but don't miss this application. This is where we must live today. Someone has to believe him. How did this miracle take place? Have you ever pondered this? Because one woman, Jesus' mother, Mary, another guest at the wedding, was willing to believe him. And when you look at every one of the miracles Jesus performed, in any context, somebody had to have faith in him. Some father, some mother, uh, someone had to believe that the Lord Jesus was enough. I wonder today, will you believe on him? Would you believe on him right now? Even wherever you are, would you just bow your head and heart and say to the Lord, Lord, I believe Uh, Maybe like that one desperate father, you have to say, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Uh, But would you believe on the Lord today for whatever your need is and whatever the need of your family? Because, friend, I want to tell you, our Christ is able to work miracles in every home. We hope that you will spend some time talking with your family today about these truths from God's Word and spend time praying for each member of your family. You may find additional podcasts, helpful articles, full-length Bible messages, and other resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Until next time, may God bless you and your family.